Hello, everyone. Welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. I'm Michael, and with me is the other host. It's me, Jeremy. Michael, how in the world are you? I'm doing pretty good, Jeremy. I've had a sugar-filled weekend, which I'll get into later. Sugar-filled? I yes. I had a, uh, I guess, board game-filled weekend? Oh, you did some well, table topping. I, I did a little bit of table topping with uh, Captain of the Show. Uh, fiance of the show, counsel of the show, and uh, teacher of the show, I guess. Uh, I, I I would say we we broke out Catan for the first time in forever. Oh, okay. I, I got it. Classic. It is a classic. I got it on some sale on Amazon for like a dollar. Once Whoa, once well, nice. well, I mean like once I like factored in uh, like credit card points and all that stuff. Oh, okay. But. I hadn't played it in about six, seven years, so it was. It took a little time to remember how to play it. Oh, right. But we got there, and the next time will be smooth. Uh, Captain of the show was a little hesitant at first. He's not a tabletop. Well, he can be. It's just there was a lot of explaining to do, and he had heard that oh. it was a lot of arguing and uh, politicking, which it can be. Much like uh, Lucille Ball, a lot of explaining to do. But yeah, we, we, we broke out uh, Catan. But enough of that mishigash. How about you whet my palate with a beer brag? I'm going to harken back to a beer I had maybe a couple weeks ago or so, but it's worth mentioning just because of the uh, kind of a unique brewery. Uh, I had the Three Scrutineers from Black Husky oh. Brewing, and this is a Belgian-style triple. What's that dog doing? The brewery is kind of located... In the middle of nowhere in northern Wisconsin, it's by maybe Fond du Lac oh, wow. or something. I guess that's not it's, there. It's north, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And the owner of the brewery also he either breeds or has a bunch of huskies. And so each beer label features one or more <laughs> of the huskies on it, including their names. Um, this one, at least the label on, on tap, I think it's the same as the one I had, features three huskies, Knight, Papa, and Fish. Wearing, uh, mm-hmm. looks like miters that they're photoshopped on there. And so if you like doggos, mm-hmm. I guess this is a brewery for you. As far as a triple goes, it was pretty good. I love triples, and this one was an excellent one. It kind of had the, um, should we call it the Seymour Skinner effect, where they <laughs> they just can't get the spices quite right? Oh, <laughs> I was wondering, I was trying to hold back from uh, A, profanity, and B, wondering what in the world you were getting out of that, but I, I get it now. Yes. It, you can't, it has to kind of be from Belgian to be, like, perfect. Oh, as opposed um, to Belgian-inspired. Right, right. So this, again, yeah, it, it was excellent, but just the spices weren't exactly come, right, if you did will. Did you come so. close to madness? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, that, that's my beer. Jeremy, what's your beer brag? Well, mine is sort of a uh, a happy accident, I guess. Oh, okay. For things that I don't know if I can speak of, uh, mm. a certain event from a certain friend of ours that was supposed to happen yesterday did not happen. Um, I'll tell you off air. Okay. <laughs> in case you haven't figured it out quite yet. Yes. But I had, uh, I had put a Goose Island Bourbon County 2017 in the fridge to celebrate oh, this and celebration yeah i didn't want to wait so i had that today <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because i'm an impatient man and I, I, I can't exactly having a, a bcbs on a monday oh, or, yeah, at least, sure. or at least not being able to savor it as it deserves to be right i've i've had bourbon county in the past i don't remember what years nor do i remember if there was anything bizarre about it but 
This is this is the first bourbon barrel stout, right? I yeah, I think so. Maybe um, not the 2017 vintage, but uh, right, obviously, you know what I mean. but yes, one of the early forerunners of mm-hmm. the bourbon barrel aged craze. I guess you could say I would call it a craze at this point. I, I think that I'd call it a craze. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's really good, Michael. It's it's balanced. It's boozy. It's got vanilla, the chocolate, the coffee, the roast. It's all pretty well balanced um i know friend of the show steve has a number of these in his basement because he has a problem with buying uh limited (laughs) runs of beer and then never drinking it he's more of a collector than a drinker at this point he is kind of a collector actually maybe in the future we can try like go down into his basement say hey look over there And (laughs) and then i just take some but uh it's very good 4.75 it was exactly what i expected now i expected the like the best i had Mm -hmm. very very high expectations and they were met which is why it got the 4.75 but uh i i was not confounded by anything which is why it's a quarter point shy of a perfect i see quick follow-up question yes sir kbs or what is this bourbon bcbs BCBS, yes, thank you. I want to go Bourbon County. Really? Okay. I mean, I really like KBS. Oh, yeah. I think you fived it on the show. I probably did, but just, you know, just based on, you know, my rating with my gut. Right. Oh, no, I know things can... It's fluid. Ratings are fluid, but... It's just, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know what, in the today, in the moment, it worked out very well. And yes. It was very good, so take that, KBS. Do better. <laughs> now, this has been a little interesting point you bring that up that it's kind of been a little back and forth not in a contentious way mm-hmm. um on the our apm pod twitter account about the you threw a few tweets at me showing the oh yeah the line of this label <clears throat> the bourbon county stout label i i guess my take on it was you know that's such a strong brand it's kind of unfortunate and my suspicion which is not confirmed at all by anything but this, you know, it tickles at the back of my head is that being a arm offshoot, (laughs) an offshoot of AB InBev are owned by them, that an AB InBev kind of is notorious for doing these label expansions. Ruining things. (laughs) You know, like, was it like, you know, Budweiser Black and Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, and they (laughs) kind of use their cachet with certain brands to try to oftentimes just throw out these temporary products out there to rake some cash in over the brand and familiarity mm-hmm. and then discard it. Um, or like that Beck Sapphire is another one oh, that comes yeah. to mind. So I hope that these are made in the craft tradition of a true innovative taste, if you will, mm-hmm. versus, hey, you guys, this is your best-selling label under your brand. You need to come up with four more varieties of it so we can sell more beer type thing. Yeah, well, so I'm torn on this. It, yeah, I, yeah. So we were with the, I believe the article we were looking at had something along the lines of uh, like a barley wine or something like that, right? A wheat wine, I think. A wheat wine, it? that's what it was. Thank you. I'm see- Which sounds cool in itself. Sorry, it it does. Yeah. It Well, no, it does sound kind of cool. Um, it's It just comes back to that ever just sitting there, that albatross around our necks about, right. about the... Uh, the Charlie Day yarn map of who owns what 
and just shouting at the top of our lungs. Um, I'm looking at a Chicago Tribune article from last year talking about the, the seven flavors that Bourbon County was going to release on Black Friday of last year. Mm. So they had uh, the BCBS, the Bourbon County brand coffee stout. And technically it's called the Bourbon County brand stout. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Continuing, the Bourbon County brand barley wine. Bourbon County brand Northwoods stout, which is blueberry and almond. Proprietors Bourbon County brand stout, flavors evoking bananas foster. Uh, the barley wine, and then the reserve brand stout, aged in 11-year-old Knob Creek bourbon barrels. Mm. Ooh. After an hour... <laughs> uh, sorry. It seems clear that the brewery has regained some of its swagger following the painful setback of 2015 when four of its six BCB, BC oh, yeah. beers soured in the bottles after being tainted with bacteria later identified to be lactobacillus acetotolerans. Yeah, I Good remember God. that. Yeah. Um, they caught some flack for that. And uh, generally speaking, I mean, that's that was just unfortunate luck. It re- I don't mm-hmm. think it really had anything to do with anything else. To their credit, um, Goose Island, this is, once again, this is from last year, Goose Island issued just four Bourbon County beers in 2016, an unusually small lineup. The head brewery acknowledged that the brewery decided not to release one or two additional Bourbon County beers that, quote, just weren't where I wanted them to be. He declined okay. to name them, but the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau approved labels last year for Bourbon County beers aged in scotch and rye whiskey barrels, neither of which emerged. I didn't realize that this has been going on for a while then, too. Yeah, I hadn't either. The other thing I want to check out is there's a book out now that came out at the beginning of June called The Bourbon Stout and Selling Out, and it's a Tribune journalist. I don't want to call it a takedown because I don't know if it is, but looking into Goose Island and that takeover by AB and Bev. So I kind of want to read that to inform myself a little more about that relationship. So I really want to read this. Good God. Well, you mentioned the Charlie Day Baltimore <laughs> map. We'll just bring that up now. Yeah, go for it. Good uh, little, I don't know, infographic, I guess you could call it. Put together by just a, a guy, Mad Fermentation, at Mad Fermentation on Twitter. He is a, I believe he's a home brewer, and he might be starting up his own brewery. Um, he has a blog called The Mad Fermentationist, and he put together largely accurate this infographic of what breweries own each other or are partnered with each other and uh, it's pretty thorough it includes like private equity and who they own as well as large brewers like ab inbev and the labels they own even like the trappist beers are all on there listed together and boston beer company and what they own so it's has big brewers and breweries that are still technically considered craft by the Brewers Association on there, but it's good if you kind of want to know who owns what mm-hmm. and um, do what what you will with that knowledge. A very nice little infographic there. I'm trying to find oh. that to see if there's any surprising ones. These these things are just it's, it's 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 so hard because you know the purist in you wants to say indie or die. Mm-hmm. It, it not but then again not everything needs to be the uh, oh I was going somewhere with this. <laughs> oh god and then you saw the graphic and you got mesmerized not everything needs to be the fugazi of beer there we go that's where i was going okay. i don't know okay. why i was thinking of something that started with a k fugazi uh, being a uh they are an old og punk band that never once charged more than five dollars for their shows oh uh, wow yeah they could have 
if they were to get together and be like the surprise third headliner at Riot Fest this year, they would make more money in that one show than they've made in their entire career. They haven't Jeez. been around for a while, but it's one of those, no, 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 we do it the right way. Right, right. And they're good, don't get me wrong, but he's kind of a creep about these sort of things. Okay, okay. Eh, creep is harsh. He, he's very set in his ways, old Ian Mackay. Okay. Uh, he's got a long history of being interviewed for documentaries on punk rock. And just, it was harder back then. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a little bit of a gray area, especially with, like, the private equity, Mm -hmm. um, like, Canarchy, I think we talked about on the show before. Like, they're still (laughs) awesome name. Um, Those are still (laughs) relatively, you know, even though they're owned by private equity, they're still relatively Mm self-driven. But, you know, when you get into AB InBev, obviously, if you want the beer, have it. But if there is, you know, especially when there's something like bourbon... I, I Bourbon County. Bourbon County Barrel. <laughs> is it Bourbon? Bourbon County Brand Stout, Michael. Available on Black Friday. Bourbon County Brand Stout, which is relatively unique. But, you know, if you have your choice between, I don't know what I'm trying to get at. But Is Founders on this thing? Or are they, they're still indie, right? No, they are. That's the other thing, too. This is very, like. It's limited. You got to follow the yarn. Um, yeah, you do. They're Maui San Miguel, so they're in the lower right-hand corner, right above Craftworks there, below the Trappist. Ah. Oh, yeah, they own Avery, too, now. Um, but, 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 but once again, is this, is this so bad? I mean, if if they just, if the point is to, just like, we want to profit off of your goods and services, mm-hmm. and they just be like, here, man, have some money, do what you do, because, right. I, I mean, if that is the case. Right, yeah, that's the thing. I think, then who cares? You have to look at the overall, like the parent company and how much you agree with some of the things you do. So like AB InBev is Mm -hmm. known for underhanded, borderline illegal, if not illegal tactics when it comes to manipulating distributors and shelf space, letting hops rot on the vine so nobody can use them kind of deal. Uh So it's like, oh, that's kind of the lower tier of these. But like you said, with founders... I don't know, Mao San Miguel, I mean, they're a Spanish company. Like, are they, how bully-y are they? I mm-hmm. don't know. So just kind of like, it's better to have the information, though, than just to be like flying blind, I guess. There was that fantastic documentary called Beer Wars. Right. And for what it's worth, you can find this Beer Wars documentary on YouTube. Whether or not it's put up there legally, <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? I don't care because the impetus is not on the end user. Um, <laughs> That's true. So yeah, uh, what is our? Don't we have a punchline to say that? Um, and that's the end of that chapter, <laughs> or, or something. Like, I don't like, know. Don't, we used to have something pithy like "always enthusiastic but underinformed" or something like. Oh, that. Uh, I mean, probably. Oh, with without uh, without expertise or information. Yes, yes, or without expert raci- racism. I don't know. Without, <laughs> I'd hope so. Uh, without uh, prejudice or yeah, like uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess the key point is without expertise. Is, so we're uh, learning yeah, about this yeah. as you, the listener, are. And if you already know this and want to get snooty, please get in touch. Um, Jeremy, I wanted to do, in addition to a beer brag, I wanted to do a, a donut brag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Because <laughs> it also segs into the next thing I want to do real quick. Um mm-hmm. Uh, you have one of these. It's a chain. It's called Hertz Donut. We sure do. They're pretty awesome. 
yeah, they had a deal where you pay your age for donuts. And so I got some donuts. Good. And yeah, they were pretty good. I got the classic sprinkle. The Homer? That's what I was going to say. I got the Homer, which was, I couldn't even finish it. It is a raised donut that is so or pretty intense. Dense, and the frosting is so sweet and so sugary. Pink, of course. Ooh. I had to stop halfway through. But the bites that I could enjoy, I did enjoy very much so. You stopped? Come on, Michael. Well, the thing is, I had two other donuts to eat as well. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> so that kind of segs into something we haven't done in a long time, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Which is try the Simpsons trivia card. Ah, well done. Instead of a Mike's verse machine, we have uh, Simpsons trivia, which again, uh, the copyright on this is 2000. Good. So Good. it hits the sweet spot for uh, shows. Yeah. Many a time, such as this episode, we mentioned the Simpsons on the show. Oh, yeah. And I know you're a big fan, so I'm hoping we can do well with this. Indeed. Because this is very specific. <laughs> Fun fact. I don't remember if I mentioned it when I was discussing the podcast, the uh, Unspooled, a week or two ago. Long story short, they discussed the AFI Top 100, and a way of telling a movie's greatness for them is whether or not The Simpsons has parodied it. Oh, there you go. And it's surprising. It happens a lot. There's only been like two that haven't had a, a, uh, Simpsons, a, a parody? Simpsons parody, and I think one of them was like an, a Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers dance movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I could see them doing even in a flashback oh, or something. percent. <laughs> All right, here we go. True or false in Homer's Phobia, the episode. <laughs> a great episode. <laughs> Homer's Phobia is exercise. It's not exercise. It is John Waters, a homosexual man. That's right. Zap. Okay, this card is interesting. It was gays, but he got over it. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Okay. Again. Two thousand. Okay. 2000. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's eighteen years ago. It's time change. In and Maggie makes three. The episode. Homer says, "If horse racing is a sport of kings, then surely bullying is what? Multiple choice: the sport of sweaty guys, the sport of a king's brother-in-law who drives a bus, <laughs> or a very good sport as well." Very good sport as well. I was going to cut you off there and say the answer, but that's okay. Oh wow! Oh, good job. Yes, that is correct. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, did you ever get into bowling at all? Or what's your best bowling score? Oh, God. Uh, like 130. Okay. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy it. And it seemed like there would be a stretch of time for about once a year we would go bowling, like a big group of us down here, at it. Colonial Lanes. Oh, yeah. They always had the uh, local advertisements that were... Disturbing, to say the least. <laughs> they were like shot like a horror movie sometimes. Well, they, they Like black and white and... Shot on video... Uh, yeah. Like, I think there's the new ones are still shot on VHS. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> because there are new ones every now and then, and Roger Lutzky is looking rough these days. Mm. But, uh, continue. Okay, number three. In Home Sweet, Home Diddly Dumb Doodly, <laughs> the welfare agent promises to get Lisa what? Some nice county dentures, shoes with little lights, or a better mommy and daddy? A better mommy and daddy. No, some nice county dentures. I'll be dipped. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's very specific. I don't remember that line. That's kind of funny. I don't remember that joke either. Um, next question. Oh, it's a visual question, so I'm going to... Um, well, I'll, I'll say it anyway, because I think you might be able to get it. So it refers to a poster. Mm -hmm. um, number 
281, there's a bunch of characters on this poster, and this is number character number 281, was once stabbed in the eye with the tip of which famous landmark? Not many characters get stabbed is in it the eye. Homer? No. And it's a certain landmark. They're asking for the landmark. Oh, God, I don't... All I can think of is Lenny not supposed to get pudding in his eye. <laughs> I will say uh, the character is Scratchy. <laughs> or is it Itchy? I'm the, not sure. The cat. Itchy's the mouse. The yeah, cat it, is Scratchy? Yes. Yes. Is it uh, the Eiffel Tower? I don't know. No, it's the Space Needle. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Itchy saws it off and mm-hmm. falls. I, okay, I remember it now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, in number five, in Homer the Heretic. Top five episode. Which one is that? This is the one where Homer uh, doesn't go to church, and he spends all oh, day God. hanging out and having a great day. That is good. According to Krusty, 75 Jewish clowns were killed <laughs> in the previous year by what? It was a tornado, wasn't it? That's right, tornadoes. Oh, my God, how did I pull That's that? a good one, Jeremy. Wow. I had no idea on that one. Like I said, it's one of my fi- like that one in the Beer Baron episode. or, or oh, among Beer my Baron. Fans. No, you won't. So apt. Yeah. We should do like a commentary track for the Beer Baron episode or mm. something sometime. I was just going to suggest that we, uh, when you're down here in a couple weeks, we just watch Phantasm 1, maybe 2, and like force ourselves to drink one of those big Bud Light limes. <laughs> and do like running commentary on the beer and the movie. Yes. Just like check we in could... every 20 minutes or so. <laughs> That's a good idea. We'll do something about okay. that. Okay. All right. Good. That sounds good. Um, Content. Yes. Let's move on to the FDR, which again folds back into an earlier discussion. Jeremy. Sure does. I noticed this. I, I noticed this, and I almost <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> um, do you want? Uh, oh, I'll say the FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. Jeremy, what beer do we have today? We have Dayglow IPA from Elysian Brewing Company in Seattle, Washington. That's correct. Home of the Space Needle. Indeed. Don't look up. Um, <laughs> don't don't look down, man. Have you ever been on the Space Needle? I've not been up the Space Needle. It I've is been by terrifying it, when you're up there. <laughs> Isn't there like a restaurant up there or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An old wig shop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cousin Ig and I went to the oh, Seattle right. about, God, almost a decade ago. And we went up there, and it's uh, it's intense. But uh, the reason why it ties in is because Elysian is owned by, dun-dun-dun, Michael... AB and Bev. That's right. But it never, uh, you know, on this show, I think it's reasonable to get beers from all walks of life, if you will. Agreed. And the art design on this bottle is undeniable, too. It's intense, man. Um, I actually pulled up a quick article about that, talking about the art, specifically the art of this bottle and can. It's a, it's a Bengal tiger shooting lasers at yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's the way, that's pretty much it. And so he talked to the, let's see here, this is... Mar Higgins and Nick Hines, how the Elysian Dayglow IPA label earned its laser-eyed tire, talking with co-founder Joe Bisaka. Probably said that wrong. Yeah. Um, and so he says, the whole thing came to, what the hell does the label have to do with the beer? He got to thinking, the colors look like the beer taste. Green and hoppy, yellow tones bring back fresh melon and citrus flavors. And if you asked him to describe it in one word, it would be juicy. When I close my eyes, it's like honeydew and cantaloupe that are really coming forward. And it goes with those color tones in a very day-glow color way, he says. Hmm. Sure, the tiger and lasers have nothing to do with it, but what's wrong with that? They're cool. Yeah, they are pretty sweet. Yeah, so an awesome label here. Any flavor text, Jeremy? Flavor text says, tasting notes. 
Well, let's see here. This is a beer with the insistent beat of hops, so I think they're going also with a bit of an EDM. Oh, yeah, like theme here. Yeah. Oons, 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 oons. Or perhaps a boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. <laughs> um, it's Styles, an India Pale Ale. Tasting notes. A touch of wheat hazes the malt bill, softening this bright and crisp IPA. Day Glow is packed with juicy hops featuring pineapple and tropical fruit flavors and aroma. Featuring pale, wheat, and dextra pills malts. The body is light to medium. The ABV is 7.4. The IBU is stuck in the mid-60s. It's available year-round, and the hops are... Well, it says it it drips with tropical, sunshiny mosaic and twinkles with touches of Eldorado and Centennial. Michael, I'm told you have something to say about the hops. Yeah, so mosaic, which um, we've had on the show, it's gained a little following. Like As one of the sole hops, you get a lot of single hop beers that just have mosaic in it. It's a good of, one. Yeah. Uh, it was released in 2012, described as earthy, floral, and fruity, generally an aroma hop with a alpha acids 10 to 14 percentage, so still pretty mm-hmm. strong hop. I think we've discussed Centennial before, but I never... Pretty standard uh, yeah. bittering? Bittering, mostly bittering, yeah. Um, El Dorado was another one that I'm not familiar with, and that was released in 2010, so another pretty new hop. Um, high vigor, high alpha acids, lots of oils and resins, flavors of tropical fruit, pineapple, and mango. There you go. Aromas of mm. pear, watermelon, stone fruit, and candy. So that fits in with the beer's motif. It always but kind of, it sometimes bothers me when I say it tastes like candy. What candy? That's pretty vague, yeah. Like a peppermint cane? No, that's not good. Warheads? That'd be very sour. Yeah. Snickers? <laughs> It falls into that category. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, sh- do we want? Does it, do we have anything to say about the brewery itself? I can't really. Uh... Um, we haven't had them on the show before, so we sh- probably say something about it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> ah, here we go. Opened in 1995, and it was bought in 2015. So it's it was open for 20 years before it was bought. So oh, some pedigree there. That's kind of nice mm-hmm. to see, at least. You mentioned Seattle, Washington. In Capitol Hill, Seattle's most populous neighborhood. They have three brew pubs and one production facility. Mm-hmm. Well, here we, I've got a little bit more for you, okay. including some uh, pale maley sort of things. In 1997, Elysian was chosen to operate a pub and small brewery at Gameworks, a large entertainment complex owned by Universal Studios, DreamWorks, and Sega. They were there for five years. A short year later, they opened Tangletown, an 80-seat neighborhood brewery bistro uh, with a three BBL pilot brewery. Elysian Tangletown acted as the brewer's test kitchen, fueling the creative fires and helping cement Elysian's reputation as Seattle's top brew pub. Elysian Fields, opened in August 2006, is perched next to Seattle's two sports arenas and fields. It seats 400 and packs the house at lunch and on game days. Interesting. Cool. Um, the last time I had something from these guys was when I was in St. Louis, and in St. Louis, at least this bar I went to, a lot of the taps were AB and Bev, and I had their Space Dust IPA, which was that one's good, really hairy, strong IPA. But um, yeah, let's get to it, Michael. Yeah, let's open it up. Uh, this is a very golden beer. It is. They weren't, they weren't kidding with that uh, yellow talk. Yeah, I was expecting something maybe a little darker. I think this. I guess this is falling more into the. Uh, now that we've read about it, into the tropical domain. I was expecting more of a standard IPA, but no, this is more of a PNW. Yeah. What's that? Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah, 
Um, the nose, Jeremy. The nose is unusual. I would say tropical as described, though. It is, but it's like when when I think tropical, I think, you know, mangoes, oranges. Tropical Skittles. Yeah, pretty much, but this one feels kind of different. Or feels, smells a little different. I mean, I would think melon, I get a pretty strong melon yeah. in there. That's, that's good. You're right. Maybe a hint of mango, but not the vanilla-y mango, but like just the, like a mango candy. A mango flavoring? Yeah. A mango Rita. <laughs> Is there a thing? Oh, Michael. So the reason why... <laughs> Sorry. They've expanded the Rita line. Oh, boy, have they. So, uh, side note, podcast pitch. Sure, that's fine. Uh, I, I I, have run out of podcasts to listen to. Basically, Well, I mean, okay, that's incorrect. I haven't run out of them. I've run out of ones that, like, really, you know, hit me right. really hard. The ones that I, like, have to listen to every time to come out mm-hmm. um so i was digging through the last podcast network because you know what is a podcast without its own network mm-hmm. and they have one called page seven which is basically just like celebrity gossip it's not so much like did you hear what this person did it's mostly the three hosts talking about you know what tv shows movies music things they're listening to one of the hosts is also one of the hosts of last podcast on the left mm-hmm. and there is an ongoing controversy as to whether or not one of the hosts of Last Podcast on the Left has drunkenly imbibed Bud Light Limes. <laughs> he claims no, but everyone else says, like, no, you were hammered. You totally had Bud Light Limes. But that's neither here nor there. One of the female hosts of Page 7 has been saying that they now have some sort of party, like a Fiesta party pack, and it comes with, <laughs> uh, like, X amount of Bud Light Limes, and then mango Rita's, strawberry Rita's, oh my God. grape ah Rita's, watermelon Rita's, and it sounds like something to just like give you diabetes right away. That said, I think I had one of the lima Rita's at a family function once, and it was pretty gross. Yeah, I've I know I've had the standard lima Rita mm-hmm. or tried it at somebody's mm-hmm. uh, that they were drinking at least, but um. Why did we even get on there? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, back to the beer. Um, have you gone in? Cause I did. Uh, you go ahead. I have not gone on yet. What do you think? It's Melanie. I, 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 mm. it, it, it almost feels like there's bits of cantaloupe in there. That is interesting. Which is a solid melon, by the way. It gets too much flack. I will say I don't like melon, but I don't not like this, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I get what you're saying. Can, are, are you pulling a little bit of a cantaloupe in this? Or am I going crazy? No, I think it's there. Okay. You need to eat more fruit, Michael. <laughs> Melons are high in vitamins. I have scurvy. I mean, clearly. But, yeah, I, I dig this beer. Do, does it glow? It is a bright flavor. It's got a pop. Grab your attention. A hoppy pop. It's got a little bit of a hoppy pop. Um, Those hops are very, very fruity and tropical, as we've established. Mm-hmm. So they're not lying on that front. No, no. It's very strongly flavored. It's interesting though. It's not. It doesn't finish that bitter though, on the back mm. of the tongue. There's a lingering hop sheen to it. Aroma. Yeah. It's got an after image of <laughs> hops on it. Yeah. If we're going back to ascribing flavors to you know visual phenomena. <laughs> it's 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 sort of like you know you stare at the sun too long and then you close your eyes and, there's and you can still thing. see the sun. There's there's like a thing floating in your eyes. It's <laughs> roughly the shape. And area of the sun. Wasn't that on The Simpsons at some point, too? I mean, probably. <laughs> God. 
it's different than a standard IPA. It's like not P N W. Isn't that it? Pacific Northwest? Did I say it right? Yeah, no, you got it. Okay. I'm just surprised you had to like sit there and think about that uh, PNW. Um, like I keep drinking it and not quite knowing if I like it or not. I feel like the bitterness is uh, is you're not giving it the appropriate. Well, gravity has multiple meanings in this situation, <laughs> but uh, like I feel like this is it's a unique bitterness. It's not a it's right. not like a, I need a grill brush to get the bitterness off of my tongue sort of thing like a, the palate wrecker or a rest in peace green flash. Was that them? Yeah, somebody okay. else scooped them up and I'm not sure what their current status ruination. is. Ruination. Ruination. It's not, it's not a ruination. Isn't that stone though? That is stone. I'm trying to go for something that's still around. It's, it's not just you know like laying carpeting down on your tongue. Mm, but it's very strong. It it is a very pungent bitterness. It is not piney. Sixty IBUs stuck in the sixties. Stuck in the sixties. So hmm. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Dayglow stuck in the sixties. Oh, ah, that's funny. I'm an idiot. Okay, it's kind of floral. Yeah. Are you getting the stone fruit, the peaches, the apricot? I mean, that's a little bit in there, and all that is derived from the hops, I would assume. So it's just like yeah, it's like a a a, a gentle wafting of those flavors but the kind of that bitterness through line dominates mm-hmm. the flavor for me and i like the other flavors a lot but the bitterness is detracting a little bit but it's an ipa so i mean duh you're gonna have that so so i can it based on this beer alone can we say that they're not uh corrupted by ab and bev because i can't see ab and bev putting like or you know a bud white like a try our new shock top ipa this right. is not something that's gonna come out and be like hammered at a tailgate right yeah I, because that's that's the fear is that that you know the big guy is gonna neuter right. everything that made the beer popular in the first place and right. then they'll be like make you all more a little like me wait well like well allegedly they did with like the becks and they like changed the process of that yeah and people... that too yeah but i think by and large with a lot of these craft breweries they're scooping up they i think they're largely run independently and they're just more used as like leverage for shelf space and distribution deals so i think like the beer and brewery itself are largely independent and case in point this beer tiger's shooting out of it i mean that's not a corporate <laughs> unless you want to get real cynical about things right but yeah mm-hmm. so hmm so should we go into the rating, Michael? Let's go into the rating. Why don't you go first as like an IPA is more your thing and I, I do like IPAs more than you do. Yeah. This is an unusual IPA. I cannot quite think of any other sort of beer that is like this. Like with, you know, uh, a two heart well, a two hearted is not a good example because that's pretty singular. But you can if you can say like, oh, this beer tastes like a Sierra Nevada, or this beer tastes like a fresh squeezed, mm-hmm. or there might be you know subtle differences or something like that. But you, when you give those comparisons, you can say like, oh, okay, it's a piney IPA with a moderate malt backbone. Okay, I know what I'm getting into. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a New England IPA. I don't know what you would call this. It's almost like a bitter New England IPA. Right, it's like straddling it's between right a in the middle. New England and like a traditional P N W. 
<laughs> Michael, if I didn't know any better, I'd swear you're the one who had the Bourbon County earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, but saying that it's a bitter New England IPA is an oxymoron. Right. Because those are specifically designed to not have bitterness or not have much bitterness. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that thick, hazy, creamy feel to it. Although it is on the way there because of that wheat. I think the wheat Oh yeah. Much much like in Goose Fight and Goose Fight Two, Goose Harder, the wheat really kinda sands off some of the rough edges of both the malts and the hops. This one, it doesn't quite have the creaminess of an N E IPA. See there's some more letters I just threw out there off the top of my head. Okay. Okay. Alphabet soup. Yeah, yeah. But it's it does have that super, super fruity aspect to it. And it has that it has a bittering, lingering aftertaste. Mm-hmm. But it's not unpleasant to me. Um so with that in mind, I'm gonna give it a four. I like this beer quite a bit. I would I would reach for a six. Mm. Yeah, I mean I don't think Okay, Michael, what do you like about this beer? I like the well, so we talked about how it straddles the line. Or, you know, it's not one or the other really. I like the N-E aspects of it, but I don't like the N-W aspects of it. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I'm not going to try to expound too much on the story. I'm going to give it a three. And, I, you know, I always have to put the little waiver on there that, you know, I'm not a big fan of IPAs in general. I like trying them and comparing them and contrasting them. And so I liked having this beer. But this particular one is, lays it a little on too thick on the the NW department, the bittering aspect is a little too much. I like the new direction IPAs are going. Are these, you know, there's always little IPA trends with uh, any IPAs or even um, brewed IPAs as we discussed. Um, but this one is just a little too too heavy, too stuck in the 60s for me, I guess you could <laughs> say. So yeah, uh, but. If you enjoy that about an IPA, as Jeremy does, like he said, he likes that lingering bitterness, Mm -hmm. this might be one for you to check out. Just look for the tiger eyes staring back at you. And it's uh, distributed by AB InBev, so if I can find it here in Iowa... (laughs) It's probably everywhere. probably find it wherever you may be listening from. So uh, hit it up. Let us know. There might even be a uh, brewing mill out on the East Coast pumping this out and putting it on shelves. Who knows? A um, brewing mill. Well, it's to connotate the factory aspect of some of uh, ABMF's practices. I mean, it's still a brewery, Michael. I mean, do you think 312 is brewed in Chicago? Mm, some of it might be. I don't think a lot is anymore. But I bet some. Lagunitas is, man. And I'm going to try and get to the Lagunitas Brewery in Chicago this year before Riot Fest. Because it's apparently three blocks away from Riot Fest, and I had no clue. And I had no clue this entire time. (laughs) Michael, okay, hit hit us with those social media plugs, good sir. Get in touch. You can do that at APM Pod on Twitter and Facebook. You can also email us directly APMPod at gmail dot com. Check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike, keeper of the Untapped, keeps up with all our ratings there. Rate, review, and subscribe. Please do on your favorite app. I like the Google apps or the Google Podcast app. It's new. I dig it. Yes. I don't think you can rate or review on that, but you can subscribe. You can subscribe. So do it. Do it now. Do it now. Ah. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. 
And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>